Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Barlog. All right, episode eight, the Josh Barlog Show, and I have a guest again. He's finally back. It's been forever. Max Reliable K joining me. Finally, I missed you. I, I, I honestly, I couldn't stay away any longer. And you just, you know that feeling just deep down in your gut? And I, I thought it was hunger at first because it <laughs> happened about three times a day, but no, it was me missing you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, the what's on the uh, show, the, on the, the agenda today, uh, I'm going to talk about the bowl game, Ohio State grabbing that national championship, the upcoming NFL games, and of course, the coveted three strikes are out. Well, let's begin. Ohio State, and you got your uh, Ohio State jacket on now. Pleather, pleather. It's pleather. Yes. Um, yeah. Very it's, proud of my pleather jacket. It's actually, it's, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks I have a, a marijuana leaf on my on my jacket, it, but it's it it's like the Buckeye it. leaf. Kind of looks like it. I know. I know. I admit. Um, so, I mean, your thoughts on the game overall? I mean, obviously, going into it, we knew Marcus Mariota was going to be something that. Ohio State was going to have to stop, and they, they really maintained um, him for the most part. I mean, he sealed through for over 300 yards. Yeah. Um, but Oregon's defense did not look as good as they've looked all year. So uh, without being as biased as possible, uh, your thoughts on the, on the overall contest? All right. Can I get the bias out of the way first? Or yeah, go ahead. Should, Okay. Out of the way Basically, you know, born, raised in Ohio – Urban Meyer is the smartest man in the world. Uh, What's that, uh, four, four championships now? No, three. Three? Okay. Yeah, two at Florida. One against Ohio State and now one for Ohio State. Yeah, the irony. And then uh, just doing it with a third-string quarterback. That next-man-up mentality is ridiculous. But anyway, okay. Taking all the bias out, Ohio State's defensive line, one of the best lines in the country, one of the best units in the country, and... With such young talent, I know uh, Michael Bennett, uh, one of the defensive tackles, he's going to the NFL draft, but they are still going to have three out of four of those guys. But they contained Marcus Mariota, Joey Bosa, who is a redshirt sophomore, I believe, or maybe just a regular sophomore. He was in the backfield the entire second half. He didn't get a sack, but he was wreaking havoc on that line. Well, I, I think one thing that a lot of a lot of people didn't, really know um, a lot about this Ohio State team because of that college football poll, and that begs the question that I'm, I'm gonna, I want to get to uh, in, a, in a little bit, but they didn't, They like I said, they weren't really noticed, they weren't noticeable, because they weren't really in the picture, because, you know, a weak Big Ten conference um, that Ohio State kind of took handedly towards the end of the season. Can't call them weak anymore. No, nah, not anymore, definitely, um, but... Like you said, the the third string, that next man up mentality at quarterback, and at, I'd say at every position. But the man that stands out to me is Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, oh my God, he he is. Uh, what do you call it? I think Eddie George holds the single season record at Ohio State, and it was at 1995, the year he won the Heisman. Had a great year, and Ezekiel Elliott is right behind him and he didn't play in the first five games of the season right at least it wasn't suspension or anything like that he's just next guy up and he proved to be one of the most dominant backs in the entire country and the big 10 has stacked running backs everyone says they're a weak conference but the one thing they have is running backs 
Do you do you think um, you think Oregon came into this game a little? I don't want to say overconfident. Yeah, I, I was going to say a little too cocky, but I, I don't think that was the case. I mean, they're they're definitely a team that plays with a lot of swagger on the field. But do you think they came in overconfident because it it, it sort of looked that way, uh, especially in the first half? The thing, I mean, when you win by 40 points in the Rose Bowl, you got to be happy. And I feel I feel if TCU would have played Ohio State in the championship game and coming off of their 40-point win over Old Miss, the, they probably would have been the same way. Because when you win on a huge stage by that many points, you're like, we can do anything. But when you take away all the flash, you take away all the trick plays, it's, it gets down to brass tacks, it's football. The most dominant team won that game. They overpowered Oregon on every aspect of the ball, and that's why they won that game. Do you think the the hit on Mariota? I think I want to say late third quarter, early fourth quarter. Joey was Bosa. Dirty. Yeah. Do you think that was dirty or no? Not? He fell on him. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I, don't think I so personally, even as an Ohio State, I I watched it. I was sitting at a bar. You know, you got the huge big screen right there. It was right in my face. I, it just looked like he fell on him. Just it looked like he would have knocked the wind out of him, but obviously he was out for a couple drives. I think no, two plays. Oh, two plays. It was two plays. Well, he finished out. They they failed to convert on that drive, so he must have came in the next drive. Yeah, because the Oregon's backup quarterback, who I have no, I don't even remember what his name is. You're um, not supposed to first 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 play rolled out <laughs> rolled out uh, to the right of the pocket and just got nailed. Yep. Um, but again, credit to Ohio State's defense. It came, they showed up. They really looked like they wanted it on both ends of the ball, and it's a tribute to the genius of a head coach that they have. Because I, I think coaching plays a lot more into college football than people want to think. But I think Urban Meyer is really somebody to pay tribute to, and uh, definitely going to be a living legend. Yeah, on the campus of Ohio State. Well, I mean, born a Buckeye, and so yeah. he's he's immortalized already. Do you have a statue yet? I no. I, I'm sure. I'm sure he will <laughs> very soon. Couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, before he ever gets out of there. But uh, so the Bears are going to get him or what? <laughs> um, actually, well, I don't know if you want to switch gears so quickly, but uh, John Fox yeah. uh, reportedly met with the Bears. We but, can. That's fine. Go for it because I'm sure uh, the listeners are tired of hearing about this bowl game, especially if they're Ducks fans. So, Well, yeah, I'm sorry. So, I mean, let, let's let's bring that up just for, you know, a, a few minutes. Um, the Bears still have a vacancy at the head coach position. They do have a new GM who, to be honest, I never heard of the guy before. Well, he was in the front of office. Uh, what is it, Fox? Is that? No, 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 no. no. Uh, uh, Pace, right? Yeah, yeah Brian, Brian Pace. Yeah, he... I mean, I, I said this uh, jokingly, but it's true. It's not like Tennessee had any glory days. Right. So you would have never, you know, credited this guy with anything. So I, I just think he's getting a fresh start in a, you know, on a rebuilding team. I, I think he's in the exact same position he was in Tennessee. And he said uh, his, his press conferences consisted of a lot of, I like the, the preempt planning of the the game of football and I, I like you know wondering where pieces are going to end up at the end of the season and I like you know just just the overall aspect of organizing a football team and I, I mean everybody's like oh yeah I love what you're saying but 
That's your job. That's MGM's <laughs> job is to organize and plan a team. That's your. That's what you're supposed At to do. At least he wakes up every day and likes going to his job, I guess. Yeah, apparently. Unlike a lot of us. The guy's like 37 years old. Yep, youngest yeah. GM in the league. Yeah, and anybody would kill to be in his situation. But I got to tell you, I don't know. I mean, the guy seems like he's he had the maturity levels there. I mean, he's 37 years old. But I'm just wondering how he's going to act... If this blows up in his face, um, I think it all depends on his head coach, who who he gets, and then it, that brings up John Fox. Uh, he, meeting with the Bears, I, I got to be honest. That's that's now our best option. Well, yeah, I I honestly had no. I think I think the Broncos are done. I think they're going to lose Peyton Manning. I think he played his last game. Because if he if he tore his ACL or MC calf quad, I think it was his quad. He is he's got to be almost forty, if not forty. He's he's up there because his rookie season was in '99, and just to come back from that injury, I think they're going to lose their star quarterback, their franchise quarterback, and they're going to lose their head coach, who was amazing for them. But let alone it was because of the quarterback. John Fox had that win percentage. Let's be honest. I mean, it's four years there, forty-six and eighteen. Yeah. Um, AFC West titles every year. Yeah. A Super Bowl appearance. A lot of times that was the easiest division in football, though. Uh, it's true, but I mean, you can't take credit away from him. No, I mean, of course he's not. Still, he still got there, but the the what's gut wrenching for Broncos fans and even probably for John Fox is that three and four playoff record. Yeah. With no Super Bowl wins. Yeah. Um, I, and they, I mean, last off season they spent a, they spent a ton of money. On defense, because that's you know that was the talker on the league. The Denver Broncos would be a better team if they you know upgraded on defense, and they they spent all this money and they still fell short. Another one and done. Yep. In the playoffs, I think so, that's three out of four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll see what happens as far as Denver goes. I I have no idea where they're going to go. No clue where they're going with their head coach position. Uh, I heard uh, Dan Quinn the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, who the Bears were supposed to interview. I'm not sure if they did or not, but we'll see what happens there. But, again, John Fox is our best option. As yeah. down for at, the Bears. As for the Bears, uh, I think what they need, they need to return to that smash-mouth football. They, this city lives off the glory days of 85. They want Mike Ditka. And, you know, obviously Ditka doesn't coach anymore. They want somebody with his personality. And I'm not going to lie, Rex Ryan, in a way, fits that personality. Not the best coach, but he did get uh, the Jets to three straight AFC championships. Not great in big games, but he has a personality. I also throw this out every year, a little bias on this part. I know he's probably never coming back to coach. Bill Cowher would be a perfect fit for the Chicago they, Bears. Yeah, they talked about him too. Yeah, and he's he's never going to come back. I don't no, think so. No, I don't. I don't think so too. I think he's eight years removed. Uh, two thousand two thousand seven. I think was his, he was done in two thousand seven. Yeah, so like eight eight years removed. Yeah, but I mean, again, who knows with this team? Uh, with with Ryan Pace now in there, we'll see what happens. No one really knows the guy. Aside from the ones working with him, but again, John Fox would be uh, would be something yeah. if, if he were to be able to pick them up. And speaking of Bears coaches, 
I don't know how true this is, but uh, there was talks of Mel Tucker getting the LSU job. Are you kidding me? I, I saw it somewhere. And I don't know how true it is. Okay, not trying not trying to be stupid here. Is Les gone? Les Miles is he gone? Uh, apparently, I I had no idea he was gone. Apparently, he's gone because talks of um, Mel Tucker possibly filling that vacancy is, uh, is underway. I I don't think so. I think the Bears keep him only because this this upcoming draft needs to be done and over with first before anything happens on on defense as far as coaching goes because Mel Tucker had nothing to work with. We've said it on this show all the time. He had nothing to work with on defense. And, you know, all, for the people who say, well, well, it doesn't matter what you have on defense, good coaches make it work. Well, he literally had nothing to work with other than Kyle Fuller and uh, a few a few other bright spots and in certain games. John Bostic had a few good games. I think Charles Tillman going down was tough, but we got to see what happens this year. Another bad year on defense. I think he's gone for sure, but I, I, only time will tell for for the uh, fate of Mel Tucker and the Bears. You know, I, I'm looking this up because I, um, I saw it somewhere. I saw it. Uh, are you sure it was LSU? Because Les is still there. It, it was. It was. Uh, I, I could have sworn it was LSU. I mean, if it wasn't a coaching job, it was a defensive coordinator position. Yes. Okay. No. It's yeah. Les Miles is looking for a defensive coordinator. There you go. That okay. would be okay. I okay. wasn't totally off. No. No, you weren't. I, I and that close. would make that would make a ton more sense, especially because he's going from defensive coordinator to defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, speaking of, and I again bias, got to throw this out there just because of the whole legend of it. But Dick LeBeau uh, resigning as the Steelers defensive coordinator because they would not re-sign him. But uh, he's not retiring. Why? Real quick. Why are they... I mean, do you, are you a fan of Mike Tomlin? Uh, I mean, he's, how this long has team, he been there? Uh, since, well, when at Cowardly. He's been there since 08. A while, yeah, a while. They won the Super Bowl in his first year with Bill Cowers' guys, won it, and then went back against Aaron Rodgers with his guys and lost, which was kind of funny. But... Um. No, just Dick LeBeau, an absolute legend. He, you know, a cornerback for so many years. He was a player coach for I think the last fifty plus years. He's already in the Hall of Fame, but he didn't retire. He just parted ways. So Kinda he's stopped, he's yeah. out there for the Bears to pick up as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Well, <laughs> again, we we gotta see because just thought I'd throw that out there. I, I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> it's the Bears. We always expect the unexpected here in Chicago. So, you know, that um, begs the question. You know what? I forgot to get to this, but we'll get to it right now. The college football poll. I know I'm, I'm all over the place. College football The two poll. early top 25 from ESPN or the legit? No, no, no. The, the legit one. Are you a fan of doing it all year? Are um, you, or do you, because... The, don't they track it through the off season? I have no idea. I think it's like preliminary polls. Well, here's my thing. So I I feel like the fact that TCU or Baylor not getting in is their answer to the controversy that it it sparked. So I feel like sitting in a meeting, the committee was just, you know, okay, you know, TCU or Baylor, who who gets the four? And then 
somebody came up with the bright idea of going, well, how about this? If we put TCU in, Baylor fans are going to be mad. If we put Baylor in, TCU fans are going to be mad. They're both out. Forget it. They're both out. Let's throw somebody else in there. OSU. There it is. It's over and done with. That begs the question of do you think they should not do it all year and wait until the very last week of the season to pick their top four? Or do you think you know their, their weekly release of, of the top 25 poll is, is what they should stick to? Well, you don't want it to be a complete shock. If they if they release it weekly, you at least know that your team is kind of there, but and you and you know who to root against and stuff like that. But TCU and Baylor not getting in was a shock to a lot of people, not even TCU fans. Who wins fifty five to three and drops out? Well, well, it was against one in nine Iowa State. Doesn't matter. To me, that doesn't matter. Well, the problem is okay. Well. Ohio State had a ranked championship opponent. I know the Big 12 didn't have an opponent, but they won 59 to nothing. They crushed the number 2 defense in the country. Statistically, Wisconsin was the number 2 defense in the country. I, I still don't I still don't think that that was I mean, you, you can't just do that in the last week of the season. That doesn't that's not feasible. Look, hindsight's twenty twenty. They are going to get it wrong every year, but this was the best Probably. season for college football. In the BCS system, Ohio State would not be champion right now. They would not have beaten the two best teams in the country so handedly. You would have never True. had them raise that trophy and beat the three Heisman finalists back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. True. It would probably be Alabama versus Oregon. Both of those teams, of course, did not beat the actual champion. So... Without this system, we wouldn't have had a fourth seed win the championship, whether it be Baylor or TCU. It's, it's better than the BCS. That's all I can say. Think they go eight teams? No. No? Six to four? It's a, what is it? Isn't, isn't it like a long 12-year contract? Isn't it an awful? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 12 years. I, I hope that they reevaluate it. I, give it at least three or four years. It's going to make – nobody is going – home happy not everybody is going home happy so i think you just got to deal with it but honestly i'm not just saying this because my team won look at the two <laughs> extra games we got out of this yeah no I, I agree that it was for for spectators it was something to definitely remember especially the, the first year and it, it it's a great success for fans everywhere but it's business-wise, and we can't deny it, that the NCAA is a business. They, they make business moves every year that, for certain schools, they're missing out on things that they could be getting if it wasn't so... If it wasn't okay, let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. You're not allowed to have a cookie out of this cookie jar. That's not true. I'll get what I want. Hold on. Okay, you're a little <laughs> kid. You are barred from getting this cookie. It is on the top shelf. You have no way of getting this cookie from this cookie jar. Your mom gives in to you and says, okay, I'm going to give you one cookie. So there. You feel better because you got your cookie. You got two extra teams. You got a four-team playoff. You got your cookie. You got what you wanted. But now... You're greedy after eating that first cookie, and you want a second cookie right away. Before even savoring the taste of that first cookie, you want a second one, and you want an eight-team playoff. Why not? Because it need, this system 
it hasn't I, no, failed I, I, to I get break. You, I get what you're saying. I, I know, but I'm just saying. I think it. I think it would be. I hope they don't wait as long as they waited with the BCS to crumble. The BCS yeah. failed, but the BCS failed seven years ago. Yeah. They waited way too long, and they beat that dead horse. I hope they don't do that <laughs> with the college football playoff. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. I, I understand the, the logic behind keeping it at four. I just think it would be cool to see an 18 playoff in, in college oh, football. It would, be, be it would be amazing. But you would have to add so many weeks to the season yeah that's true and, and we we talked about that uh on sunday me and uh good old bobby tenzar talked about <laughs> it um and i brought that up uh, the longer season especially for student athletes is is something that would be tough to persuade um the ncaa to to approve but speaking of playoffs nfl playoffs championship weekend a weekend of their own coming up this week the championship, week. yeah, the two oh five game, which is weird to say. It's usually yeah. noon or three. Um, the two oh five game, the Green Bay Packers and that uh, injured Aaron Rodgers <laughs> against the Seattle Seahawks going into Seattle. Now, the question I have, and I, I still haven't seen anything. It is Tuesday, uh, January thirteenth, right? Thirteenth, yeah. Yep. Um, I still haven't seen anything on Aaron Rodgers yet as far as his health goes. They'll, they'll play that close to the chest, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. Uh, the, the line, the entire defense of Seattle, they're fast, they're mean. Uh, they, they can read plays. They can contain a quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers, less than 80% is in trouble. Yeah, you know, I... I am all for, and again, I, I always throw my own stuff in there. I, I'm a Steelers fan. If you break Ben Roethlisberger's leg, he's going to play better. So I don't know the toughness of Aaron Rodgers, but I've seen a quarterback literally limp to the field and throw for 350 yards and win a game. Brett Favre? No. Ben Roethlisberger. Huh. He, he plays better when he's injured. I don't know about Aaron Rodgers, but I do know that this Seattle defense destroyed him in week one. And if he's injured, I I don't see how we're going to get a different result. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And I, on what the they, other what side, they have seven sacks that first week? Yeah, four or seven. It, it was it, no, it was a lot. It was four or five. It wasn't like unreal. I don't think it was seven. Okay, um, but they definitely got to him. But now, without Percy Harvin on offense for Seattle, that's true. Uh, well, I mean, to be completely honest, he didn't do much. They, well, he they didn't did even last like year. They didn't like him there. Yeah, he did last so, year, though. Yeah, so, I mean, Marshawn Lynch is going to have to do a lot. Russell Wilson is going to have to play like Russell Wilson. Do you think that Packers defense can can hold up this juggernaut? I, I not think... That, not that this is a mismatch by any means. No, it's a great defense versus a great offense, or at least... I want to say yeah, two great good. teams. I would say two great teams in general. Yeah. Um, I you need to win on both sides of the ball to win a football game, and if Aaron Rodgers turns the ball over, you know, makes a bad decision, is his defense going to be able to bail him out multiple times? And I'm not saying this like Aaron Rodgers is a peewee quarterback. He's you know a Super Bowl champion, one of the most accurate arms in the league. He's a great quarterback. 
but uh, he might want to uh, discount, double check his health because I don't <laughs> think he's, uh, I don't think he's right. But obviously, they're going to go with him. It's oh, not like they're going to sit him. Yeah, they're not. They're not playing Matt Flynn. They, they're going to. They're going to go down fighting, and yeah. that's that's what I'm going to admire about this. If Aaron Rodgers wins, like uh, I think it was Joe Buck in the announcing booth uh, when at the game, he said that it adds to the legacy of Aaron Rodgers. Now I don't really agree with that because I don't look at him the, as the the leg. The, I like that. Ah. I like that. Um, I get what you're saying, though. If, if if he if he played this game, obviously it's going to happen. If he if he played this game under 100 percent, under 80 percent, even 50 percent, and won on the road in Seattle, yeah. I mean, just give him a give him some sort of tro- plaque. Well, give he's getting something. the NFC Championship yeah. trophy. If, uh, but a, a dark horse for me, Eddie Lacy. If Aaron Rodgers is so banged up that I mean they they can't even throw the ball, Eddie Lacy is as a back that they can rely on to to get those tough yards. He can get to the edge. He can even you know catch out of the backfield. So I think Green Bay offensively is okay. It just depends on if they can stop Russell Wilson and that powerful and quick strike offense of the Seattle Seahawks. So who you got? I mean. It, it's one of the tougher games to pick, but I I I, I have to go with Seattle. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, any, any reason why? I mean, is there is there a blatant... I, it's I really think well, Green Bay's only shot is with Aaron Rodgers, and he just looked so just immobile in the second half of that Dallas game, and I he was still throwing dots though. Oh yeah! Oh no! But he, you know, he couldn't extend the play. He, <sighs> and that, yeah, that's that's one thing that worries me, and I think that's why I'm picking Seattle. I think both of these offenses uh, are able to to score when they need to. Their defenses are are able to get big stops. It's just the fact that Russell Wilson is going to be able to extend a play more than Aaron Rodgers will be, simply for the fact that he's healthy, and well, he can run. Yeah, and he can run. He can run. He can run too. So, picture this: Aaron Rodgers gets pressured, the the pocket collapses. He rolls to he rolls to the right, and now all of a sudden, not even two seconds, a, a Seahawk defender is on him. Yeah, that's how fast they are, and that's one thing that if I'm a Packers fan, I'm worried about because he's not at 100. percent He can't you know cut as fast as he used to. He can't extend a play and run for himself. Nice keys. Uh, he he can't do everything that one hundred percent Aaron Rodgers can, so that's why I'm picking Seattle. I think we agree. I think I took the words out of your mouth. No, uh, yeah, he's pretty much. Yeah, it's just watching the second half of that Dallas game. Um, I mean, they they obviously they obviously came back and won, but I think what helped them a little bit too is Tony Romo was hurt as well. Well, yeah, but. No, I just I just think it's going to be a lesser extent against a better Seattle team than Dallas. Yeah. So we got Seattle in this one. Let us know what you think. Get at me on Twitter at Josh Barlog. Leave a comment below. Green Bay or Seattle in the Legion of Boom. The next game, one that I think a lot of people are kind of overlooking, the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck going into Foxborough and taking on Tom Brady and those New England Patriots. Before we even say anything, I got to tell you, Andrew Luck is very impressive this year. 
Yeah. No, I. I mean, we'll we'll I'll get to it in a minute, but just the whole thing. There, there's always something, and I mean, just having uh, Chuck Pagano there and rallying around him. Obviously, I mean, just everything he's he's gone through in the past what two three years. Yeah, uh, it stays with you. It doesn't go away, and that emotion is got to be you know a huge part of why they're there. Of course, some great skill players on that team, including Andrew Luck, and I feel like the Colts they they lucked out, and no pun intended. You know, they got rid of uh, a guy who literally was their team for so many years. And in a way, they, they upgraded because he's performing in the playoffs a lot quicker than uh, number 18 did for the Colts, at least. Who do you who was it? I'm trying to think. Was it Joseph Adai? They're running back when the Colts won the Super Bowl. Against the Bears? Was it uh... Joseph Adai? I want yeah. to say that's who it was. Yeah, no, I yeah, that's who I would say it is. Yeah, I want to say that's who it was, but I mean, T. Y. Hilton now, Reggie Wayne, uh, the receiving core, that defense is very much improved, and like you said, they they just look like they want it. Uh, the the Chuck Pagano's uh, story, as you said, sticks with them, and it's crazy what inspiration can do to a team, and not taking any credit away from their talent, but. It's definitely helping them out, uh, the quote-unquote Cinderella story, if you will. But on the other side, Tom Brady and those Pats, they've been here. The acquisition of LeGarrette Blunt surely helps their run Ugh. game. Oh, Yo, you don't like it? Oh, you're, yeah, you're upset. That sucks. No, uh, he, <laughs> no, I, no I don't care about him. I'm, I am so – Le'Veon Bell leaps and bounds better than LeGarrette Blunt, but the guy is just so unprofessional. I don't understand <laughs> how a team picked him up. Just like that, with open arms. A team that already cut him. But, I, but I guess they on. realized their mistake. Hang on. Bill Belichick can fix any player in the NFL. He uh, fixed Randy Moss. I suppose. Well, it's not like Randy Moss. I don't know. Nope. He wasn't even your there argument, long. You know, your argument squashed. So, yeah. Sorry. Doesn't work. Um, but, they, like I said, they've been there before. That's Bill, the only reason why I'm picking them. Because they've been there before? Yeah. Experience. <laughs> Okay. I, yeah, they're not. Sense. They are not as flashy as the Patriots of the past. No, they're they are, not they, flashy, but they're very fundamentally sound. They make smart decisions, and they're, they're they stick to their guns on defense. Yeah. Well, this all I'm saying is like the old Pats looked unbeatable. These Pats look beatable. I I just think that Andrew Luck, young quarterback, uh, big stage in Foxborough against the veteran Tom Brady. And Bill Belichick, the combo, who have been there countless times. I mean, honestly, my heart wants to say, uh, just have the Colts win it and have the Colts, you know, have their shot. It would be against the defending champions in my mind uh, for the Super Bowl, which would be awesome. But I, my, my mind goes back to uh, the game where the Colts defense got shredded for five hundred and some yards against Big Ben and I I look at that six touchdowns it doesn't look like a team that should be representing any conference in the Super Bowl and that's I don't know that defense it just looks so questionable to me I know they've gotten better but when you've been exposed like that it's again that sticks with you too yeah and And Tom Brady is a hell of a quarterback yeah there's no question about that um and of course 
I, I'm sure you saw it. Everybody else saw it. After Peyton Manning, after they uh, exited the playoffs, you saw on Twitter and Facebook and everything else the Tom Brady and Peyton Manning comparisons. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's sickening. That's so <laughs> annoying. But I'm going with the Patriots as well. And before everybody rings my neck, I support Indianapolis, and I love what they're doing this year. I love what they've done. I like Andrew Luck as a quarterback and as a competitor. But I think, as you said, the experience factor is going to come into play. Crunch time, third and fourth quarter, when a big play needs to be made, a big stop. I think that's where New England exceeds uh, the Colts. I think the first half is very back and forth. I wouldn't say shootout, but, uh, I mean, halftime score, I mean, 14-10, maybe, you know, 17-14, somewhere in that area. But the fourth quarter is really going to be the deciding factor. I don't think New England pulls away in this game. I don't think Indianapolis pulls away either. But I think it's going to be kind of, you know, six, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. That that last score is going to be the deciding factor. And I'm going to upgrade from your your prediction to give a score. Okay. I'm going to say 31 31-21 Patriots. Huh. I I'm going to say 28-17 Patriots. Okay. So pretty much, you know, 10-11. Yeah. 10-11 points. Well, I mean, again, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think Indianapolis wins this game as much as we would both like to see it. I just don't think they have the veteran experience, aside from Reggie Wayne, but I mean, it's, he's had kind of a slow year. So those are our picks, again, for that game. We both have Seattle. We both have New England. Picking home field advantage uh, in the AFC and NFC championship games. Wouldn't have mattered for me. If the if the yeah yeah we, 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 I don't I don't know I think uh, I think home field advantage does come into play here because it's tough to go into Lambeau and win so again those are our picks let us know what you have picked for this game on Twitter at Josh Barlog leave a comment below let me know and now the coveted three strikes you're out and I'll give you the first strike go ahead. Because you know that you know my three strikes. I'll give you one, and I'll finish with the two. Pick whichever one you want. Oh, well, I guess we'll go Blackhawks then. Oh, okay. That actually wasn't one of my three strikes. But uh, it's good. Go for it. It wasn't? No, it wasn't. Really? It was not. Oh, well, now I feel bad. Uh, go ahead. No, now I want you to just go do the first one. Okay. I'll, I'll do the second one. So the, the first one, and I, I know you kind of want to talk about it, so I'll, I'll leave it to you. The first one... Despite the lull, the loss to the Orlando Magic last night, them snapping a six-game losing streak, <laughs> I think the Bulls are fine. I, I still think that they're they're completely okay. Uh, they sit right now fourth in the East, and I think that's kind of where they're going to stay throughout the rest of the season, 3-4 finish. They're fine. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, relax. Derrick Rose is... Knock on wood, completely healthy. I hope they get, for the Bulls' sake, home field advantage. Because you don't want to have happen what happened last year. Stop. Uh, That's all I'm saying. I know. I know. I I get it. Just don't get that fifth seed. The additions of Pau Gasol 
and the upgrade of a season that Jimmy Butler's having offensively has been really uh, key to this team's success. So that's strike one, Max, strike two. All right, well, uh, oh, my gosh. I, I don't even know what to say for somebody that has been playing a game, you know, doing anything for so long, having one job and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, be professional. We all, we all remember when uh, the Boston Celtics won the championship and there was the uh, loud, we're the champs, or whatever he yelled. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, of course, talking about KG, I cannot put into words how you headbutt Somebody. Oh, it was the greatest thing ever. And uh, who was it? I, it's, I'm blanking on it. Who cares who it was? It doesn't matter who it was. I, it was somebody high profile. It wasn't like a fourth, you know, fourth uh, string running back in basketball. But uh, man, I I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm sorry that I don't have this, you know, speech or you know, witty remark. Just come on, man. You headbutted someone in the freaking face <laughs> i i don't understand oh that's awesome like all the anger and oh my god i i don't know i just just take the third one i'm so <laughs> amazed uh the third one as actually a congratulations to uh chicago cubs broadcaster pat hughes ah winning the ninth uh, uh yeah no uh, his ninth his ninth yeah and uh the award illinois sportscaster of the year for 2014 uh been with the cubs for 20 years going on 20 seems like a lot longer to be honest it, it really does. as a cubs fan it seems like a lot longer it really does as i mean myself attempting and and wishing to go into that field it's it's definitely somebody to look up to despite my fandom of the chicago white Sox. Uh, i gotta love talent and pat hughes is definitely one of those and uh, i mean just for for you a guy in radio who who is succeeding at, at his position is definitely an inspiration to uh all of us especially students in college going out and trying to get ourselves into this field such a soothing voice it really is and it, as weird as that is to say for anyone else for anyone in radio it's completely normal. Yeah. Like, for, for anyone in radio, if you come up and you say, wow, you have a great voice, it's not creepy. No. It's completely 100% just the way, the way things work in, in the radio industry. Pat Hughes definitely has a great voice. He really does. He really does. He, he can take anybody next to him and make them a better broadcaster. I, God, I miss Ron Santo. Yeah. And especially that the Cubs are good now. Or... Hopefully, sorry, I'm sorry, I spoke way too soon, way too soon. They haven't even played the first game yet. Um, hopefully, now that the Cubs seem to be on the up and up, on like the you know five year plan, um, you know, like a North Central student or whatever, spending all our money, a five year plan here. But man, I uh, these other guys, these other guys that you know for WGN, Comcast, whatever, wherever they came from. You know, we may not know their names, not like them, but Pat Hughes makes them better because he makes them sound as intelligent as he is. On that note, uh, I'm going to go put in my application and I will let you know if I get a call back 
I mean, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first, but oh, okay. Well, I mean, hey, let the best man win. Yeah, let me. I'll just you know, <laughs> you can you can put out the flames to my crash and burn fire. So, <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hope you guys enjoyed the show. That's gonna do it for episode eight in the books. Uh, Max Reliable K, thanks for joining me once again. I missed you. Thank you. I missed you too. You, real quick before we exit, I played all by myself. The song. Oh yeah. Uh, in in the beginning. Uh, oh really? Uh, yeah, I did. I'll, oh, I'll play that's it. depressing. I'll play it for you after this. All right. Uh, again, that's gonna do it. Episode eight in the books. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Barlog. Check out the blog joshbarlog.blogspot.com. and we'll see you guys next week. Stay humble, sports fans. <laughs>